A Temple Worthy of God by Father Michael Rodriguez How did Our Lady occupy her time in the temple? What spiritual insights can we learn from the death of St. Joachim and St. Anne? And did Our Lady ever experience a dark night of the soul? All this and more is addressed by Father in this 13th episode of the Fatima Center series, No Mary, No Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. We begin by praying. Most Holy and Immaculate Virgin Mary, our most tender mother, we dedicate ourselves entirely to thy most sweet love and holy service. We consecrate to thee our minds and all our thoughts, our hearts and all our affections, our bodies and all our senses and all our strength. We promise to be ever willing to labor for the greater glory of God and the salvation of souls. O great mother of God, Teach us to copy thy virtues, especially angelic purity, profound humility, and ardent charity, so that by word and example we may, as far as is possible in our state of life, be living images of thy blessed Son, Jesus, in the midst of the world, and make thee known and loved in the sure hope that we may thus succeed in bringing many souls to salvation. Amen. As I related in the previous talk, the Blessed Virgin Mary was presented in the temple by her parents, St. Joachim and St. Anne, when she was only three and a half years old. She spent the next ten years of her life in the temple in Jerusalem, consecrated to the praise and service of God. Her hidden life in the temple consisted of three main things. Prayer, work, and the study of the scriptures. On her first day in the temple, after having taken before God the vows of poverty and chastity, little Mary went to her teacher, the holy prophetess Anna, and asked to give away to the poor all the clothes, money, and other personal belongings which her mother, Saint Anne, had left there for her, except for a few dresses and prayer books. Anna agreed to do so. Then Mary asked for a rule of life. Anna consulted the old priest, who summoned Mary, and said to her, Pray always for the temple of the Lord, for his people, and for the coming of the Messiah. Retire to sleep at eight o'clock and rise at dawn to praise the Lord until nine. During the day, as your teacher directs, engage in manual work and study the scriptures. Take exercise before meals. In all things, be humble, courteous, and obedient. Concerning Mary in the temple, St. Anselm says, quote, She was docile, spoke little, and was always composed, 
She persevered in prayer, in the study of sacred scriptures, in fastings, and all virtuous works. Close quote. St. John Damascene says that Mary in the temple was occupied with the care of the little children who were in suffering or sickness and that she consoled them in their little troubles. We can summarize Mary's years in the temple by saying that she was removed from the world to be completely dedicated to the Father's business and God's holy will. I must be about my father's business could have been her perfect response as to why she was in the temple and as to what she was doing in the temple. The father's business is to conform her to her son. The father's business is to conform her to his son and prepare her to be the worthy mother of God. However, in order for the marvelous plan of the incarnation to unfold and be carried out, the Virgin Mary has to freely decide to die to the world and die to self. And this at a very young age and for a prolonged period of time. In the temple, Mary is disengaged from the world and she's disengaged from herself. She's not there to do her own will. That's why she's following the rule of life given to her by the priest of the temple. Mary must die to the world and die to self in order to live for God alone and to become a temple worthy of God. Concomitant with this, she becomes more, even more perfect in virtue. St. John Damascene asserts that during her time in the temple, Mary turned her thoughts far from earthly things embracing all virtues, and thus exercising herself in perfection, she made so rapid progress in a short time that she merited to become a temple worthy of God. And St. Alphonsus Liguori makes special mention of Mary excelling in the virtues of charity, modesty, humility, silence, mortification, and meekness. We can learn such valuable lessons for the spiritual life from this period, this hidden life or hidden period of her life which the Blessed Virgin Mary spent in the temple. For us to grow in virtue, we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to the world. We have to separate ourselves from the world. And this is something that we have to work at constantly for prolonged periods of time. And as best as we can, the earlier we begin, the better. To die to the world, to die to oneself, to grow in virtue. 
is something that takes effort. It takes cooperation with God's grace. And it's something that we have to work at constantly. And many, many times the efforts that we're making in this regard, well, these efforts are hidden. You know, hidden from the world, many times hidden from others. But we must persevere. Six months after Mary entered the service of the temple, the Lord appeared to her in a vision and said, quote, My beloved and chosen one, I love thee with an infinite love, and I desire of thee what is most pleasing in my eyes. Hence, I wish that thou dispose thyself for tribulations and sorrows for love of me. Close quote. Imagine, little Mary is only four years old and she says yes to God. She is ready to suffer for love of Him. I point out the three trials and sufferings that Mary had to endure during her time in the temple. One, the death of her father, Saint Joachim. Two, the dark night of her soul when for many years Mary is deprived of sensible consolations from God. And number three, the death of her mother, Saint Anne, after which she becomes an orphan. So six months after Mary entered the service of the temple, the Lord said to Mary, I announce to thee, that thy father Joachim must pass from this mortal to eternal life. His death will happen shortly, and he will pass in peace and be placed among the saints in limbo to await the redemption of mankind. Little Mary, who loved Saint Joachim with a holy love, felt a keen sorrow and compassion, and she immediately offered a fervent prayer for him. The Lord assured her that he would assist her father. Eight days before St. Joachim's death, Mary was told the day and hour in which he was to die. And she requested several of her angels to console him in his sickness, which they did. During his last hours, she sent the rest of her angels to help him. And she asked God to let him see them. His favor was granted, and the angels were commanded to say to him, Man of God, in order that the pain and sorrow of natural death may be relieved by the joy of thy spirit, the Almighty wishes thee to know now that thy daughter Mary is to be the happy mother of the Messiah. Since thou leavest to the world a daughter through whom God will restore it, do thou part from it in the joy of thy soul. And may the Lord bless thee. Saint Anne, who was standing at the head of her husband's bed, also heard this message. In the same moment, Saint Joachim lost the power of speech and he commenced his agony in conflict between joy at this great news and the pains of death. Making many fervent acts of love, faith, humility and thanksgiving, Mary's holy father died the precious death of the saints and his soul was carried to the limbo of the patriarchs and the just, where amid intense rejoicing, he shared with them the happy tidings that from Mary 
was to be born the Redeemer of the world. When the angels returned and told Mary of her father's death, she begged God to console her mother, good Saint Anne. Now on to the second trial and suffering. Soon afterward, the Lord in his wisdom decided to train Mary further in the science of suffering. From birth, she had enjoyed the delights of his love in frequent sensible consolations. Now God suspended all visions and similar graces and ordered all her angels to conceal themselves from her. Truly, we might call this the dark night of the soul for the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she was still so young, basically four years old. We pass on to her third great trial and suffering. This many years later. One day, when Mary had reached the age of twelve, her angel said to her, still without showing themselves, Mary, as ordained by the Lord, the life of thy holy mother Anne is now about to come to an end. This unexpected news filled Mary's affectionate heart with sorrow. Prostrating herself before God, she fervently prayed. O eternal Lord, dismiss thy good servant in peace. Strengthen her, assist her, and let her enter into the peace of thy friendship and grace, since she has always sought it with an upright heart. God did not answer in words. But that night, he commanded Mary's angels to carry her bodily to St. Anne's bedside. Upon seeing her dear mother again, Mary kissed her tenderly and exclaimed, Good mother, may the Lord be your strength and may he be blessed, since he has permitted me to receive your last blessing. With grave affection, the dying Anne said slowly, my beloved daughter, do not forget me in the presence of the Lord and remind him of the need I have of his protection in this hour. Do not leave me before you close my eyes. You will be an orphan, but you will live under the guardianship of the Lord. Do not leave the temple before choosing your state of life with the advice of the priests. Pray that if it be God's will to give you a husband, he may be of the race of David. Share your inheritance with the poor in loving generosity. Without ceasing, ask the Almighty to show His mercy by sending His promised Messiah. Beseech Him to be your protection and may His blessing come over you together with mine. Then after giving Mary her blessing, good Saint Anne reclined in her daughter's arms and died in perfect peace. She was 56 years old. As the angels carried Mary back to her cell in the temple, her loving heart suffered a keen sense of loneliness. However, while praying for St. Anne, she gratefully thanked the Lord for having given her such a perfect mother and for having showered so many graces on her parents in life and death. One day, not long afterward, 
for the first time in years, Mary's angels again became visible to her. May we come to know Mary by knowing more deeply her sufferings in the temple and especially her love of God and complete dedication to his holy will. How ready and willing she was to suffer for the love of God. Her dying to the world and dying to self, her life of prayer and praise to God, her growing perfect in the virtues of charity, modesty, humility, silence, mortification, and weakness. In all of this, she is being prepared by God for the Annunciation. And in all of this, she is already being conformed to Him who shall be born of her flesh and blood. Knowing Mary, we know Christ. Let us conclude by praying. Heart of Mary, in which the adorable Trinity is ever well pleased. Heart of Mary, heart most like to the heart of Jesus. Heart of Mary, pour into our hearts love of thy virtues. Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis, Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti, descendat super vos, et maniat semper. Amen. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the Catholic faith and the message of Fatima, and to support this vital apostolate with a much-needed donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. So many souls need to know and love Mary, so as to truly know and love Jesus. For the glory of God and the salvation of souls, please share this talk with others. And may God reward you. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.